people, listen up. It's a fucking lockdown right oh, now. Come off it. We're no, not in no. a prison drama, are we? We are in a prison drama. This is the fucking Shawshank Redemption, right? But with more tunneling through shit and no fucking redemption. Screw you guys. I'm going home. Sheriff, this is no time to panic. This is the perfect time to panic. <laughs> so end of the world. I ain't going with you. I'll go with child. Hey, fuck you, Palmer! I'm going with you! Who says I want you going with me? All right, cut the bullshit! Because the whole world gone crazy! Hey! Everybody calm the fuck down. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Holmes Movies Recommends. My name is Anders Holmes, and I'm joined by my brother, Adam, over Skype in America. Hello. Got the introduction right this time around and kind of fumbled it on the last one. That's good. I'm sure everyone's keeping score at home. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, so last episode, I recommended Akira Kurosawa's movie, The Hidden Fortress. Um, What are you going to be recommending to us today? To watch. I'm going to be recommending a film that I think is criminally underrated and underseen, um, and it is the um, one-of-a-kind 1996 uh, present-day western directed by John Sayles uh, and written by John Sayles, Lone Star. Ooh, good film. I love that movie. It is a good film. Um, it is the story of uh, a Texas border community which is uh, policed by um a sheriff uh whose name is sam mm-hmm. uh played by chris cooper and um who is also criminally underrated despite, uh, yeah, despite having won an oscar sam deeds his name is and he uh which is like a classic western protagonist name deeds yeah. um and this community it seems has um a bit of a dark past uh, a bit of stuff going on, a bit of stuff to maybe hide or, or something people aren't talking about. And um, and this gets sort of fleshed out through the movie. And there are some excellent flashbacks um, that uh, that happen as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, interestingly, in one of the flashbacks is a very young, fresh-faced Matthew McConaughey uh, playing opposite the brilliantly villainous um, Chris, Chris Christopherson. Christopherson. Yeah. Yeah. And... Um, and the cast is rounded out by people as wonderful as um, as Clifton James and uh, Ron Canada, um, and um, yeah, it's just a a, a fantastic um, sort of mystery, and I think also just like an examination of a place. Um, yeah. Oh, and I should also mention, in terms of the cast, Elizabeth uh, Pena, yeah, who uh, is sadly no longer with us. Yeah, uh, that's really that's is, such a tragedy. Is, she was she was yeah. so good in this film i think just her chemistry with uh chris cooper and that just the character history with them and stuff and all the stuff they've been through because they've they've known each other since they were teenagers their characters so it's it's really really good and it's such a believable chemistry that they have but also the woman who plays her mother uh mercedes played by uh miriam miriam colon who always (laughs) i love like the sort of running theme with her every time she like speaks with someone who's like hispanic she always tells them to speak english because they're in america yeah i mean this is the thing the film is so it's 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 on the one hand it's a film about 
the story of you know it's it, it has this uh you know uh out of the past quality um but on the other hand it is really an examination of this fascinating um area in the united states and this idea of the borderlands you know um the, the american southwest is is such an interesting case because the so it's one of the areas of the uh, United States as it is now that was that was the most um, um, it still is one of the most populated areas for indigenous people um, it was where indigenous communities resisted um, the you know they were the last sort of ones making active uh, armed resistance against American colonialism in the 19th century and um, and you so you have this huge indigenous culture on the one hand and then you also have the um, the Hispanic, you know, the Mexican Hispanic culture, and then you have the Anglo-American one, uh, all sort of in this melting pot. I mean, and, and the fact that they also set this film in Texas is another, you know, significance because Texas is the only one of the um, uh, United States that's actually existed, albeit briefly, as its own um, country. Um, so remember the Alamo, right? Uh, well. Precisely. I mean, and this is what this film is about. You know, remember the Alamo. The whole story of Texas is built on um, a tale of, um, you know, strife and antagonism between uh, Mexicans and white Americans. Uh, white Americans who were fighting for lots of things, um, but among others, the right to keep slaves, which the Mexicans had uh, w had abolished and things like that. So it wasn't, you know, it's not quite as black and white as the history shows. And this film talks about that. Elizabeth Pena's character is a teacher in this film, and she actually debates with, you know, white parents about, like, what kind of history should be taught in a state that's as diverse as Texas. And it's, it's really, um, I mean, I think it's really interesting, especially given the moment we're in where texas is still a republican stronghold but it's beginning to feel shakier because of the um the demographic changes in the state um i mean if you go i've only been to texas once but i mean when i went to austin it was it did not feel like i was in some you know root and tootin uh right wing place it felt honestly it felt like i was in california um so um you know it's uh it's great that in, in, in a two-hour movie they put they weave in all of this stuff and include um, uh, you know Ron Canada's character and his uh, his storyline also uh, very much covers yeah. the idea of you know race uh, and anti-black racism. Um, so there's just a there's just a heck of a lot of stuff to unpack um, in here. And um, but it's such a like it's it's a mystery film, but it's also a film about you know America and its relation with you know, race and things like that. And it's all these different things. But I think John Sayles manages to weave it all together in such a very compelling way that keeps you engaged and makes you kind of sit up and really take in and kind of put together this whole mystery. And he was rightfully so nominated for best original screenplay. And it's sad that he didn't get it because he's a, he's a good fucking writer. But like... Who'd he lose to? Uh, I'll... But the question always is... That's the thing is you can tell you, you can tell how big the injustice is by telling who they lost to. Uh, give me a second. I will try and look that up. He yeah yeah. It was the only the meantime, It was the only well, nomination that 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 film got. It should have got way more nominations than it did. Yeah, I mean it's got. That's what I was going to say. I mean, one of the things I love about the cast is that there aren't really any like crazy stars in it you know there are just it's just really good actors all the way through 
Uh, I mean, people who are famous, I mean, Clifton James or whatever, uh, and, uh, you know, Chris Cooper is pretty well known now. And obviously, Matthew yeah. McConaughey is very well known now, although less well known then. Mm. Uh, but, you know, everyone in that film is perfect in their part. And um, it, you're not distracted by trying to, you know, it's not uh, George Clooney or in the Chris Cooper part or someone like that. You know, he's it, it, and because they're these non-film star people it just makes it feel a little bit more real yeah it does you do feel like you're watching real life and also like real life that has you know there's a history and there's a story to it and every it's like you know that you can't really it's like a film that you, you can't you know, you know imagine no matter how you bury the past it always kind of comes back but also but also i i will say just to push back on that a little bit like the film also teaches us that you can manipulate history to your own ends yes you know, to use John Ford's expression, you can print the legend, mm. um, which is exactly what American history has done. Yes. And I think that the film shows that you can you can go back and you can unpack the real things that happened. And then the question is, do you want to live with that or do you want to create a different version of the truth? So mm. it's not all about, you know, uh, <laughs> the past coming to light and changing. A lot of the time is the past comes to light and people say, actually, you know what, we'll stick with the myth. What um what did who did this film lose to in the screenplay category? Okay, so the other nominations were Shine, Secrets and Lies by Mike Lee, Jerry Maguire, but they lost to, and I think this is quite fair. They lost to the Coen Brothers for Fargo. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, okay, you can't argue with that. <laughs> you can't argue with that. Yeah. yeah. All right. It gets a pass. The the academy gets a pass on this one. On this one only. Um, but, um, um, but but you know, I think. What do you? I mean, Chris Cooper is one of my favorite actors. Uh, this yeah. for me is one of his best performances. I think he's. Um, I think we take him for granted. He's such a like oh that guy, uh, you know. Um, but, but he's in so many good films, and he has so many brilliant parts. I mean, I think about his his role in uh, Capote. I think about him in. Um, uh you know in the born identity yeah he's um, great in the born movies there, there's uh he has a great um you know he he's he's always good as the sort of like supporting character you know he's, yeah. he's very reliable in that uh he's also very good in the um that tv miniseries that was made in the 80s or 90s was it i can't remember now well, my house in, was it my house in umbria no, Lon- no it, Lonesome Dove. Lonesome Dove, the the, the Western. Yeah. Um, he act- he's sort of made for the Western. I'm, I'm surprised he's not in more Westerns. I'd love to see him in something like Tombstone or, or you know, yeah. like I'd love to see him turn up in a, in, a, in a Western. Yeah, he'd be pretty good for that. Um, he, he, he has, he's very good as uh, John uh, LaRoche in the film adaptation with uh, Nicolas Cage and Meryl Streep, which was one of Spike Jones films. And he won Best Academy Award for a uh, the award for best supporting actor in that film and he's really really good in that movie um but also yeah i mean he's supporting characters he's great as he's so reliable he's so i mean he makes the most out of out of his characters even if like depending yeah. on how much is written for them and i i recently watched um ben affleck's film the town and he's only in one scene in that but he just oh, he's so good gives it his all and he just makes his character just feel you know, you feel quite sympathetic for his character in like in the scene that he is in with Ben Affleck, and 
you know, he just he just really just milks it for what it's worth, and he does such a good job. Well, and it's it. important to do that in that film because it has such a significance to the plot. Uh, the other yeah. film, by the way, he's in recently that he does brilliantly in is uh, Little Women. Um, yeah, so he's very good in that. Um, so yeah, he's just a really brilliant, reliable guy. I, I also I just love Elizabeth Penny. I haven't seen her in enough stuff. I think I've only really seen her in this and Rush Hour. Um, oh yeah, I forgot what, she's in Rush Hour. Fan- fantastic uh actress she is and um um obviously ron canada um is is great love him um and um yeah it's it's a pleasure always to see uh chris christopherson strutting his stuff the um, yeah the soundtrack to this movie is also really really good yeah. in the mix of like it has this sort of old slightly sort of old-timey um country slash uh, rock and roll, such bluesy sort of songs from the yeah, and then they're they're great kind of Mexican um, bit, bit, music, and... bit Rikuder esque almost. Yeah, it also reminds you a little bit of how music is used in uh, the Last Picture Show, which is a sort of cousin of this movie in some ways. Yeah. Um, so um, I did. So, yeah, I, I think. Yeah. I, I would just like to talk a little bit about the editing in this film because John Sales, I just see, is also the editor on this movie. But the way that the movie okay. flashes back and forth between the past and the present is so seamless and the way that it's done is so cool like the way that they choreograph all those shots and the, the transitions and they don't do this whole like in the trans they don't give like some someone like blows right it's really clever actually the flashbacks yeah. and, and it takes you a while to get used to it and initially you're like huh what and then um but then you get it and it yeah. is um yeah do you think the film in any way sugarcoats the immigrant experience at all i mean because of um, this thing you were saying earlier with the you know speak english you know we're in america and this the success story that um uh that um that uh, Mir- miriam uh, colon's character has be- has become i mean does it slightly but i mean it does it does also call out the racism it's just i wonder if it's trying ever so slightly to have it both ways um uh, i don't I, know I, I don't know i feel like that's maybe nitpicking I don't know. I might have to watch the film again to give a sort of firm opinion on it, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit, but I don't. I don't know. Nothing that kind of ruins the I movie. I still think it's probably better than most of that stuff. But it's yeah. it's great because I love this universe of the Borderlands. You know, I love it. There's so many great films uh, and so many silly films where, um, you know, where that plays a part. I think. Um, the films of um, oh gosh, what's his name? My, my mind's gone blank. The guy who directed uh, uh, Extreme Prejudice, um, Walter Hill. Walter Hill. Like, Walter Hill sets a bunch of movies in this area, like Geronimo and, and Extreme Prejudice yeah. are two examples. Uh, the Coen Brothers uh, and No Country for Old Men, you know, takes place in this sort of indistinct uh, borderlands. And the Three Burials, directed by um, uh, Tommy Lee Jones, again. I just love this universe. Yeah. I love what it's done for the, the western genre in that you can set films that are set you know there that is that take place in the present day but are still very much still working to working with and unpacking the western myth and the and shows that you know the history of the west is still developing um and you know it's at the forefront of u.s politics and look at mm-hmm. you know the, the guy who's in the white house currently partly got there because he you know, he poked this open wound of the border between Mexico, Arizona, and Texas and New Mexico, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anyway, before I don't want to go too far down that road, but I, I think that, that um, 
if I were teaching an American studies class, I would definitely want to show uh, this movie. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, yeah, it's such a, it really, it, it's sort of like part of this sort of subgenre, these neo-Westerns, modern Westerns, whatever you want to call them. It's, they're really quite underrated and they're just, they're, they're, there's such a lot to kind of digest from them. And I just like how definitely. John, and I, what did you say? No, definitely. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, I like how dive. I don't want to, I mean, I hope this is bad that I use his word, but I, I, I like how diverse John Sayles is, you know, the, the, his, his filmography is because he's done films like Piranha, Alligator, The Howling, like all these kind of schlocky horror movies, but he's also written and directed films like this and stuff. And it's, it's quite interesting where, where his career has gone and, you know, trying different things. And I read a little bit online of his, um, his script uh, that he wrote for you know, for Jurassic Park 3 and I, I read the beginning scene and it's like this baseball game that gets interrupted by flying pterodactyls it's quite brutal <laughs> wow doesn't um, it's not yeah, a, I mean it's I, I not a it's summer always... blockbuster movie <laughs> no I mean I do think it's interesting when you've got your you've got uh, people who do one thing really well and keep doing it, like Howard Hawks or um, Alfred Hitchcock to some extent, uh, and then you've got people who try lots of different genres, lots of different styles, um, and, um, and 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 you know different forms of of writing and uh, try and make films for different audiences. And I think I really like both approaches. Um, I, I think it's great um, yeah. that we have both. Like, people don't just get lumped into one category yeah anyway, i mean it, it happened um, it happened recently with craig mazin because you know he's known for all those like crappy little comedy films but then he did chernobyl so it's like you can't you don't have to be like pigeonholed in like one particular thing no exactly yeah um anyway i, I look forward to um uh hearing what uh what you've got to recommend next week but uh, in the meantime go and watch lone star yeah it's yeah definitely it's one of those it's in the 1000 uh it's in the 1001 films to see before you die so yeah definitely check that out yeah which is a subjective list but it's a pretty good one actually yeah all those lists i've ever seen uh that one is pretty good like the steven schneider edited yeah that's but you know don't go by that go by us damn it we say you should see it we ask the questions yeah anyway yes so that is adam's recommendation of the day do check back to see what i will be recommending bye